Good morning, Daily Huddlers. Welcome to Wednesday on the Daily Huddle. You know, I'm trying to clean out my garage. I don't know about y'all, but it is like a never-ending feat. We've got soccer balls, basketballs, and all these bikes. So I was looking for bike racks to get them to stand up. And I was like, why do bikes never stand on their own? And I was like, you know, it hit me. They are too tired. (laughs) The Daily Huddle is a growing tribe of passionate people who want to uplift humankind through their work and throughout their communities. We invite you to elevate the way you experience life through rich and inspiring conversations with today's thought leaders. Be prepared to challenge your views about leadership, health, money, spirituality, communication, and relationships. Welcome to The Daily Huddle. Good morning. Welcome to Wednesdays on The Daily Huddle, where we talk about everything relationships and communication. Tara and I are so passionate about this because we know that better communication creates better relationships, better businesses, better communities, happier people. All right. Well, without further ado, let's dive in. Tara, I'm going to pass it over to you to introduce our beautiful guest. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. And I do want to just say thank you to each and every one of you for being here this morning. When I need joy in my life, there's no place I'd rather be than right here with you passionate people. So just really feeling grateful this morning. Um, Today, we have a fascinating topic, something really that I've, I've not given any thought to until the past couple weeks in communicating with our guest, Pamela Doritas. And our question today is, how can we elevate our emotional intelligence by taking a cue from the entertainment industry? And it sounds counterintuitive. So let me tell you a little bit about Pamela, and then we're going to dive right in. Pamela Doritas is an effect is an effective in effective communication in today's business world requires emotional intelligence. As we know, it's a big buzzword. It's a foundational pillar. Pamela Doritas's coaching is specifically designed to elevate your EQ and become a trusted partner to your clients and customers. Whether you are networking in person or creating video content to help sales conversions. Pamela's coaching programs are formulated from her decade-plus acting training in the Meisner Technique, Practical Aesthetics, Improv, and other, here's my jam, neuroscience-based techniques, which have all shaped her life as an artist and entrepreneur. Pamela brings her unstoppable creative momentum and her signature method to the table to help your business gain an EQ advantage and become captivating on camera or off. So welcome, Pamela. We are delighted to have you and your brilliance with us this morning. Thank you so much, Tara. I really am excited to be here. And I have thought so much about these topics. I have a lot to share. Awesome. Well, we are going to dive right in. I don't know about you all who are listening, but when I first talked to Pamela about acting techniques and elevating our ability to be authentic and vulnerable and connect, I just thought, no, those don't go together. Like acting is acting and being real is being real. So let's start there. What in the world does acting have to do with being authentic? Fill us in. I would be happy to. Um, So most people do think of acting as pretending to be somebody else. And at the surface level, that's true, right? I'm not playing Pamela Duritis when I have a role uh, where I do a film or a web series or whatever. 
But the technique that I have learned actually is all about living truthfully under imaginary circumstances. So the imaginary circumstances are the script, but the technique teaches you and really ingrains in you how to live and act and react truthfully, authentically in the moment with your scene partner. Now in business, we don't have a script. Well, we may have a marketing script. So there is that. But usually we don't have a script if we're at a networking event or um, a lot of people don't use scripts in their videos. I don't recommend using a script. That's another topic. <laughs> um, but, you know, so they're not going to rely on the words to communicate their message. They're going to rely on what's in here. Same goes for that acting technique. Mm. Wow. So fascinating. So tell me a little bit. I mean, there's so many techniques in the acting world. Yeah. Why are you especially, tell us more about the Meisner technique. Why are you so passionate about it? I mean, just go a little deeper. Yeah. Uh, many reasons. I, so the whole, the technique was developed in the first place because Sanford Meisner, its founder, hence the word, hence the term, noticed that actors of his day, he was an actor in the thirties and forties and fifties. And he started teaching, I believe in the late sixties. Um, don't quote me on that, but I, I think his teaching career started in the fifties and sixties. So um, what he noticed at the time was that actors seemed to be acting. <laughs> they, I mean, you could tell they were acting, right? And if we look back on a lot of old movies, we can see that the acting style back then is very different from what it is today. What it is today is very real, very grounded, very authentic for the most part. Back then it was more theatrical and, and you put on an emotion rather than really experience that emotion as an actor. What Meisner's technique teaches is to actually be living that emotion, actually be experiencing it as the actor. And then you let the words come out, the words are the script, but you're actually living in that state of mind that is called for in the script rather than pretending to. So that's the goal of Meisner. That's part of why I love it so much. The other reason is because I have a personal, I guess, stake in it, in that when I started studying this technique, I was very emotionally closed off. Like, I think I was telling you, Tara, that I had trouble getting angry. And I don't recommend that people just go around getting angry, obviously. You know, that is something that we want to temper. But I was so emotionally walled off that I just wasn't letting anybody in. Nobody could hurt me. And I couldn't get angry about anything, <clears throat> even when it deserved, you know, my ire. And that's not a healthy state to be in. And I found that when I started training in this technique, that all changed. It really busted through. And I do mean busted. This wasn't a slow chip away process. This was do or die. You have got to do this technique or you're out of class. And that's the way it was. And there's no way I was going to let myself be kicked out of class. So I committed myself and I broke through a lot of emotional walls that I had up. Not to say that they're not still there in some capacity, but nothing like what it used to be. So personally, I have experienced the power of this technique to change a life, my life. And that's what I want to do with other people. Wow, that is so fascinating. And you, um, you're such a professional businesswoman <laughs> so to think you are. I mean, you have, you all don't know, but she has um, a very illustrious career in one of the biggest corporations in the world. And she walked away from that. She was a senior business analyst. I don't know if I can say the company, can I? 
Sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's in my LinkedIn profile. So. For Coca-Cola. Yeah. I mean, yeah. total badass having this big career. And she's so passionate about this that she walked away from that career to help people to tell me, fill in the blank, like what's the ultimate goal? Well, I, I want people to form more authentic relationships in business. Um, like I said, I've seen it. <laughs> and I know you're all about that, right? And that's what it comes down to. One thing, I mean, I, I loved my career. I, I loved doing the work that I did. I worked with amazing people, didn't love corporate so much. And that didn't, that wasn't a thing about Coke necessarily. That's just the corporate world is a certain way in general. And it doesn't really allow as much for the um, the spontaneity, the the growth, the human growth that we all want. And I'm I'm not bashing any company because I know a lot of companies put programs in place to help those things. You know, I was talking with a colleague at AWS recently, Amazon Web Services, and they bring in um, emotional intelligence coaches and they have lots of programs that way. Hopefully I will be one of those coaches soon. But <laughs> um, so, you know, companies do try. It's really more of a um, cultural thing, I think, at corporations, uh, the, the corporate culture, I should say, mm-hmm. where it doesn't really allow for the full kind of vulnerability and authenticity that I value. <clears throat> and I'm just hoping to bring more of that to the business world. Will we ever be like we are in acting class where it's kind of a, an emotional free for all and we're forming these deep relationships and then we let them go and I love you, I hate you. No, (laughs) and that's not appropriate in a business setting. And I tailor my coaching to business people. So I'm not like freaking them out with all this emotional stuff, but I push them far enough that they do get out of their comfort zone and they do see the value in the techniques that I teach. Mm. Wow. I'm just so intrigued. Um, So I think we all have an understanding of EQ or emotional intelligence, but I think it might be helpful if we just take a step back and ask you to explain to, I know it's just been a huge buzzword right now in companies, but tell us what is emotional intelligence and why is it so much valued today? A lot of people have their own definition. My definition has several parts. First of all, I think it's the ability to regulate yourself. So if you're in a situation where you are scared or upset or even wildly happy, um, it's the ability to kind of recognize what's going on inside of you and assess your situation and see what kind of response is appropriate. The other part of emotional intelligence to me is being vulnerable. And I also have my own definition of vulnerable. (laughs) A lot of people think that vulnerability is the the willingness to maybe admit things about ourselves um admit failure things like that to to show the world those sides of ourselves that in the past might have been viewed as negative right and i do agree with that but to me vulnerability and again i come from the world of acting to me vulnerability is the ability to allow yourself to be changed by someone else, because that is what the heart of the Meisner technique is. The technique is dead in the water if two actors are working or two business people. Let's let's stick with the current um, application. Uh, 
And if they're doing this exercise and they kind of just get into this cycle where, where the relationship doesn't develop, an exercise can last anywhere from a few minutes to, you know, up to almost 10 minutes. So in the course of that time of those minutes, the relationship between two people develops, right? That can't happen unless you are open to the other person affecting you and you observe them and you take them in. So to me, vulnerability, yes, it's about, you know, showing my weaknesses to the world and and my weakness is probably the wrong word. Um, mm-hmm. Showing those parts of me that I would rather keep hidden <laughs> to the world. Yes, that is part of it. But vulnerability is more to me, my willingness to grow and change in response to somebody else. Um, and I think a third pillar of emotional intelligence and I think this is important these days, and I'll tell one on myself that I have trouble with this sometimes, I think we all do, is the ability to see things from someone else's perspective, even if you don't agree with them. And I find that, you know, there are a lot of things I really disagree with online, but when I'm sitting quietly on my couch, petting my dog, I think about those things. And I'm like, you know, if I were that person, I could understand why they would feel this way. I don't agree with it but I understand where that's coming from. So I think there's those three parts to EQ. And I apologize apologize if I ramble, because <laughs> when I love talking about this stuff, so feel free to cut me off. <laughs> no, 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 you're the star and I am just so enwrapped. I mean, this is, I love your definition of vulnerability and I think you need to go right from the daily huddle to the Brene Brown podcast. <laughs> you know, she she always asks that question, vulnerability is, and everybody fills it in in a different way. And I really, I mean, I'm just like, I, I just want to stop being the host and just sit here and just continue to listen because I am completely, completely enwrapped in this. So, um, I, I love how you framed it. So then t- take me, take this step to me. We have a lot of entrepreneurs here. So let's forget about corporations for a minute. I'm an entrepreneur. Let's just say I'm a business coach. <clears throat> Why is tapping into my emotional intelligence going to elevate my business? Well, um, I mean, the direct kind of maybe more crude response is: do you want to make, do you want to make sales? Do you want to make money? <laughs> I mean, we all, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great starting point. Yeah. Go yeah. For it. So, I mean, that is not, as you know, that is not all it is to me, but really at the end of the day, businesses are in business to make money and to create sales and um, get the word out about their products, do effective marketing. And that old cliche about people buy from people they know, like, and trust is a cliche because it's true. I buy from people and I work with people that I like, that I trust. I know they're a known quantity to me. So if you are lower on the EQ scale, I don't think there is any formal scale, not that I know of, but you know, if, if that is a challenge for you, then how are you going to connect with an audience either on camera, which I also do. I know we haven't touched on that a lot, but I do a lot of on camera coaching using the techniques that I teach in my in-person workshops. Um, so if you're doing video content for your business and you're not sure how to connect emotionally with your audience or get your message across effectively, then, you know, what are the chances that somebody is going to watch your video and be like, I got to buy from this person, or at least I need to get in touch with this company. Probably low. Same as if you're in person, if you are networking or if you're giving a keynote speech, um, you know, you've got to have the ability to connect, to 
watch your audience and maybe adjust your presentation based on what you get from them. All of these things feed into all of the emotional intelligence skills, the three pillars that I talked about earlier, feed into how we interact in business and ultimately how successful we are. Because if somebody doesn't like you or doesn't trust you, then they're not likely to buy from you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what? Listening to this makes me think about another uh, question that I posed to you once. And I think that the answer was really uh, powerful and enlightening. And interestingly, it was a similar question that was posed to another guest. And his name is Neil Ford. And he is a magical storyteller. um, And he has a huge following on TikTok and on uh, LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And someone asked him this question and I asked it to you and y'all both gave the same answer, which was different than mine. And the question was this. If you do, for example, if you're a keynote speaker or you have some stories that you tend to tell over and over and over again, how do you keep them authentic and emotional? Okay, I don't know what answer I gave you before. <laughs> I don't remember. Well, I will, before you answer, then I will tell you what I said, and you were okay. and you and you gave me a very cool like mm, you're going to run out on that one. I <laughs> would coach people to relive the story every time. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, go back and relive it, and you're basically like, no, Tara. So, yeah. yeah, there are the thing is there are acting techniques, right? That that teach exactly that. That teach you to relive. That this is not Meisner technique. I'm talking about other schools of acting um, that teach the actor to relive some horrible thing that happened in their past in order to emote in a very stressful scene or whatever. And the problem with that is that if you've done your emotional work over time, whether that's with a therapist, just with yourself through reading, however you've done it, that incident that you are recalling probably won't have the same emotional charge for you that it did when you first experienced it, right? Like time heals, right? Time heals all wounds. So my acting instructor um, would say, you know, you can, you can try that and it may work, but eventually you're going to run out of gas or steam or however he put it. I know what um, he said, that you're going to blow your wad. <laughs> Well, I, I didn't want to say that on the daily huddle, but I said it for you. What what we do rather than reliving our hell every time we talk about it. Yeah. Okay. So this is the part where I don't recall exactly what I said to you <laughs> as far as what I would do. But here's my recommendation today. Um if you're if if you're giving a presentation and you're coming to a part where it's high stakes, right? We're taught in acting, raise the stakes, raise the stakes. You've got to find, there's two things you can do. First of all, you've got to find it in yourself. What is so important about this to you? It's, it's not necessarily the thing that happened to me 10 years ago or 20 years ago. It's how it affected me and how it affected me still lives in me today. Maybe not as strongly, right? Not as strongly as it did back then but it still lives in me today. So I can still get in touch today with a part of Pamela that is affected by that thing. How does it affect my life today? What's it doing to me today? Also, and I think this is maybe what I told you, Tara, when we talked, watch your audience. How are they reacting to what you're saying? Connect with them because if you're telling them about something, you know, horrible that happened to you, or even if you're not, if you're just sharing something emotionally charged, they will respond. 
as long as it's important to you. Now, if it's not important to you, or if you're trying to hold back emotionally when you share this stuff, then your audience will have nothing to feed off of, right? Mm -hmm. So I liken, (coughs) excuse me, I liken talking myself into a coughing fit here. (coughs) I liken giving a presentation to an audience to doing a scene between two people. The audience is your scene partner. One moment, please. I'm sorry. Go for it. Um, get a sip of water. We, we're yeah. going to have a question for you. Now that we have a question from Stan, um, and then I'm going to take it to my co-host Catherine because I know that she's want to want to chime in here. So, tell me when you're feeling better. <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> right. Okay. Got myself uh, so, so excited that I started coffee. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, I mean this. This is uh, you know, 20 minutes is not enough for this topic, but I am so interested. Uh, Stan, I know you have a question, and then Catherine, please chime in after. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Pamela, first of all, thank you. Um, do you work with specific types of personalities? Like, say, for instance, you got a CEO of a big company who's a real commander type person, and you want to get that person more in touch with, you know, with, with, with those who, who report to, to that individual? Is that Absolutely. The kind of thing you do? Yeah. In fact, um, two clients that I've had recently are one is a current client. The other is I just wrapped up a six week engagement with him. They're both ex-military. Um, one is a salesperson. One, the other guy owns his business. He is the CEO. And it's a very successful company. <clears throat> um, and they both have this, you know, what you would think of as kind of the stereotypical military presence, very commanding, um, not warm and squishy, <laughs> you know, not about to walk up to somebody and give them a hug unless they maybe know them well. Uh, so yes, I absolutely work with those people. And I love love seeing the breakthroughs when they have them. And one of the military guides, if I just may tell a very short story um, without giving away any details of, of my engagement with him. He, I knew from the moment I started with him that he was the type of guy who maybe because of being in the military, he wanted to accomplish the mission, right? It didn't as much matter to him in the beginning, <clears throat> that he do the exercises as I was telling him to do them. Um, you know, he was, he was trying to game the system basically. And so I think around the third or fourth week, I worked with him and I worked with him and I thought, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm getting anywhere with this guy. He seems to be taking in everything I'm saying. He seems to be like my star student, but there's something missing. And it just so happened that I had an opportunity during one of my sessions with him to call him out politely you know, but part of the work that I do is being directly honest with people and not letting them get away with not doing the work because why are we there otherwise? So I called him out and we were just like in this face off and he's like, okay, yeah, you're right. (laughs) And he's like, yes, I was faking it. And I don't know how to do this. And I, I don't know how to be, you know, share my feelings and all this stuff. I'm like, that's why we're here. Thank you for admitting it. Let's, let's get to work. So, yes, I absolutely, um, you know, I like those. I like working with everybody, but I like those specific kinds of cases because you can just see the transformation. It's just so much more profound, I guess, over time. That's great. Gosh. Well, we have our um, resident um, Marine with his hand raised. And so I want to see what he has to say. (laughs) I'm I'm so curious. (laughs) So, Tom, yes. Oh, thank you, Pamela. Good morning. It's, this is fascinating to listen to. 
Uh, so yes, I've got uh, 27 years in the Marine Corps. And the question that I had, you know, listen to your talk early on, talking about, you know, what you didn't like in the corporate world and the inhibiting of spontaneity and how some companies try, but the culture may, may limit that. I, I guess reflecting back is what you're saying, particularly in the military world, uh, the most profound types of connection that I've experienced are when you're in that rigid environment and then you actually then step forward to mm-hmm. form all, you know, you have a very authentic connection with someone. So I, that's my observation. Then I guess my question then is, you know, is there any risk in trying? I, I don't, I'm not aware of any, but I mean, just to try to think that through. In trying to connect in the context of corporate? Well, yeah. So if you're in an environment mm-hmm. where they don't support that, they don't encourage it, or you just feel like the culture is against that. I, mm. What's the risk in, in stepping forward where you can? I mean, there's... I would say it's the same risk as standing out in any environment. You may be ridiculed. You may have a lot of pushback. Um, You may be pleasantly surprised that people actually receive you well because they've been wanting that as well. They were maybe too afraid to try it. Um, To me, you know, we're all human beings, whether we are at the office, at home, reading a book in bed, having dinner, um, giving a keynote presentation to 10,000 people. We're human beings. We want to connect with each other. There are rules of engagement in society that we all have to live by, obviously, right? We, We don't go around being overly emotional with people because it's not appropriate. But I would argue that there's room for more of that within the bounds of what is appropriate, much more room for that than we we allow in certain places like the corporate world. Um, <clears throat> so when you take a chance and you're that person who steps forward and is like, I, I have this message. Yeah, it, it's a risk that you have to take, but if you feel strongly enough, you will take it because you know it needs to be done. I don't know okay. if that's a satisfactory answer. I, no, it's good. And it's a good <laughs> reminder of, you know, reading the room and just, you know, giving yeah. a little further thought to the boundaries. But then, yeah, yeah, there's no reason not to step forward, particularly what you can gain through yeah. it. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's great. I, um, oh, I'm sorry. Go no, go ahead. Uh, I, I told Tara a short story about somebody I worked with at Coke, where I used the Meisner technique <laughs> on him. Uh, do I have time to relate that or yeah yeah go for it go for it yeah there was a fellow I worked with at Coca-Cola um uh, very bright and he was kind of infamous famous infamous in the team um he was very very bright very intimidating and I was introduced to him to work with him on some tech writing that I did there and I had, this guy had been built up in my mind way before I ever met him. Like, you know, you've got to meet this guy. I'm not going to say who is, what his name is, but um, I'll call him uh, Joe. <laughs> his name was not Joe, but, you know, you've got to meet Joe. You've got to meet Joe. He's brilliant. He does this. He does that. He's like 10 feet tall. And so Joe was built up in my mind quite a bit. And I knew that I had uh, and I also knew that a lot of the team, um, you know, were intimidated by him. So before I met him. I knew I had a choice of how I was going to react to him. And I wasn't going to be one of those people who was afraid of Joe. 
I had to work with Joe and I wanted to work with Joe, like this brilliant guy that I could learn from. Why would I not want to work with him? So when I was introduced to him, uh, I did silently in my head. So nobody had any clue that this was going on, but I was using the Meissner technique on Joe when I met him and just observing how he was and, you know, taking cues from his face, taking cues from his body language and what he was saying to me and how he was reacting to me. And I was reacting based off of that. Joe and I ended up having an amazing working relationship. I'm not going to say it's all because I did this mind voodoo on him when I first met him, but if I hadn't made that effort to get to know Joe as a person rather than Joe, the thing that everybody says he is, you know, there's Joe over here that everybody says he is. And then there's the real Joe over here that not a lot of people knew. And I got to know this guy, you know, not on a really deep level, but I got, I got to know Joe, real Joe. And we had a great relationship. I loved working with him. He gave me glowing reviews. And I think that a lot of that is because I was able to, you know, put ego aside and use the skills that I've learned to build that relationship with him. So, sorry, I didn't mean to like derail the conversation, but. That's great. Actually, no, that was a perfect, um, I think, wrap up really, because you, you just showed the true beauty and value of emotional intelligence at work. I think that we're so conditioned to meet people where they are. And yeah. what you're helping people to do is you kind of meet them where they are and then you take them to a whole new level and a way to experience people in a working environment. And to me, you know, we're only on this earth one time and why not have beautiful connections and relationships, which is why we're all here on Wednesdays. At The Daily Huddle, we agree that the best way to kick off the day is to adhere to Patty Dabrowski's seven principles for having a happy body, sexy skin, a laughing spirit, and a rewarding life. Give. Give of your time, your full attention, and of your unique talents. Move. Move your body to keep it feeling energized and alive. Eat mostly plants. Plants are the purest fuel to help you reach your full potential each day. Sleep. Sleep is how the body repairs itself and readies us to give us our best every day. Stress less. According to John Perkins, stress is just a problem without a solution. Choose your solution and dismiss the stress. Laugh. Laugh out loud. From your belly to your chest and with your head tossed back, you will fire up your endorphins and bring more energy to everyone around you. Love. Most of all, love. With your words, your thoughts, your actions, Power them with love and watch the way you experience life elevate to all it can be. We thank you for joining us on The Daily Huddle. We are a growing tribe of passionate professionals seeking to inspire a new generation of leaders. Until next time, go out and share your unique ability to impact the world. See you next time.